great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... Thank you for your patience, Bills Mafia, and this is your Bills versus Titans preview edition of Shout, a Buffalo football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops. Uh, falling leaves and crisp weather means it's our favorite time of year at Tops. Tailgate season. The tailgates are going to be unbelievable. Uh, the scenes in, Mon- in Orchard Park on Monday, Ryan Talbot. And you can mm-hmm. win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops just by purchasing brands you already love. Now through October 29th, every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience. Visit topsmarkets.com to learn more. What's up, Ryan Talbot? Hey, not too much here. Getting really excited for Monday night, Matt. Uh, you know, the atmosphere, like you said, it's going to be electric at Highmark Stadium on Monday night. There's a there's a ton of stuff to get into for this uh, particular matchup. Uh, we're going to get to all that. I think the best place to start is where the Bills are at health-wise. And we're doing this show, you know, probably a little bit prematurely. I would have liked to have seen in a perfect world the um, – uh, the final injury report for the Bills and the Titans. Uh, maybe we'll get that come across the desk here as we're we're doing this show. So stay tuned. Uh, but I can bring to you that Ed Oliver and Tim Settle both didn't practice today out in Orchard Park. Um, although we get we talked to Tim Settle in the locker room afterwards, and he said he was able to do everything that the Bills asked him to uh, in practice today on Saturday, and um, he will be ready to play if asked to play. So take that for what you will. Dane Jackson did return to practice. He 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 detailed what happened. He basically came down funny on his leg and uh, immediately thought it could have been worse than it actually was. Missed a couple of days of practice, returned today. He said all things are good. Uh, he did say that the video, watching back the video of what happened in practice was pretty scary, actually. He mm-hmm. thought it would, probably could have been a lot worse than it was. But he's, it looks like all systems go for Dane Jackson. So I think the big thing we're talking about from a Bills injury perspective, Ryan Talbot, is, is Ed Oliver, who is probably trending towards not playing. Yeah, and listen, that's a big loss. Uh, Ed Oliver was uh, explosive last season. We came into this year with very high expectations for him. We saw uh, a little bit in the Rams game before he suffered the injury for the first time. He tried to come back in the second half and uh, exited again. You you saw a little bit on on tape of what he could do and how much of a difference maker he can be. Uh, The the good news for the Bills is depending, you know, if Ed Oliver is trending in the wrong direction, they still have some talent there. They still have some depth there in Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips, potentially in Tim Settle playing in this one as well. Like you said, he said he's going to be ready to go. So maybe he gets the questionable um, tag next to his name later today. We'll have to wait and see on that. And, and then the Bills do have some options on the practice squad. I think you and I both uh, view Brandon Bryant as kind of like that next man up, the, the talented player who belongs on a 53-man roster somewhere in this league, and the, the Bills are kind of lucky enough to bring him back. So it, it's going to be a loss if Al- Oliver cannot play, but the Bills at least do have some depth there going into this matchup. You know, Shaq Lawson's a guy that really 
you, you kind of think about as a veteran guy that has played on the inside for them in the past and obviously not like a, a primary role, but somebody that's been able to do it and I think can be part of the rotation if they want to make him active. If Tim Settle can't go as well, then you're probably talking about Brandon Bryant. It's interesting. I'm doing a story on Bryant, uh, hopefully for tomorrow. Uh, found an interesting little um, way to go with it. And I was talking to Greg Rousseau about him today. And, you know, it seemed like the Bills have been kind of, he mentioned the fact that, you know, he's going to have an opportunity this week. And it's almost like they've been preparing for that with Ed Oliver banged up and they have a lot of confidence in him. Not only did Greg Rousseau talk up about how much they believe in Brandon Bryant, but I was talking to Tim settle for a few minutes after his scrum. And he said he brings energy. He has a dynamic game, you know, what he's able to do. They can move him inside outside. Uh, I think they trust him as a pass rusher, a guy dealing with the run. So they have a lot of different options and this is a team in the Titans and we could talk a little bit about this, who I think they're a bit one dimensional in what they're able to do, what you're scared of when you, when you go up against their offense. I mean, you got to stop Derrick Henry. If, if Ryan Tannehill is going to go out there with Robert, Robert Woods and Traylon Burks and uh, uh, Westbrook Akina, uh, their other wide receiver and beat you, I think you're from the Bills perspective, you say, fine, we'll live with that if that ends up being the case. All eyes are focused in on Derrick Henry stopping him, and whether it's Oliver, Phillips, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Brandon Bryan, Shaq Lawson, or you know whoever you want to throw in there, Boogie Basham. I know that's a name that you know some people have been wondering if you might play a little interior. I think that because of the nature of their offense, whoever's in there, I don't think it'll make much difference. I and mean, maybe I'll be way wrong about that. Yeah, and listen, you're right. We may both be wrong on this. I, I don't want to get too far into the predictions yet. We'll do that toward the end of the show. But I, I think this is a game that the Bills can win pretty comfortably uh, because I do feel like you do. They're one-dimensional, the Titans. They do not have A.J. Brown anymore. Uh, people don't realize how great A.J. Brown was in the last two matchups. 14 receptions, over 170 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was a difference maker. He was having success against uh, the secondary of the Bills, and that made them – uh, dangerous on the ground and through the air. You have Henry on the ground. You had a guy like Brown through the air. Tannehill, who could really utilize the play-action pass when Henry was going and utilize guys like Brown and company. You don't have that now. And you mentioned all the the top three receivers on this team. Uh, they're, they're not guys at this point in their careers that put fear into you. Burks someday could. Woods, if he, were, you know, if he wasn't coming off of a serious injury, maybe still to a certain extent. But this is all about stopping Derrick Henry. I think the defensive line is going to be up to the task of doing that. The defense, they remember what happened last year with the one long run. Uh, and then also, though, you have to look at what the Bills offense was able to do one year ago against the Titans defense. I think the offense is going to get rolling. And if you can build up a lead against this Titans team, uh, they're not going to be able to lean on the run game. And that's going to really play into the strengths of the Bills defense. Mm-hmm. Looking a little bit deeper into Robert Woods, one thing that I think you have to consider is this guy didn't play most of last season. You know, he's coming off of an injury, sure, a serious injury, but he's also from a conditioning perspective. I was shocked to see last week, Ryan, that he played 71% of the snaps for the Titans. I I thought it would be something where they'd want to get him, um, you know, back into the swing of things a a little bit at a slower pace. And it wasn't, it was from the very first game. I mean, he led all wide receivers for them in snaps, um, not in targets though. Last week, the leading uh, targeted receiver for the Titans was Kyle Phillips, who interestingly enough has been dealing with his own little injury uh, this week. He didn't practice the first day of the week. Yesterday was limited. I saw a couple uh, Titans reporters updating with you know some of the videos that they put out of him. So he's probably trending in the right direction to be able to play with this, play in this game. But 
as a guy that, you know, with nine targets, five for Traylon Burks, four for Dontrell Hilliard, who's also a bit, uh, a bit banged up. He hasn't practiced uh, this week or didn't practice the last time out. Um, and then it was Jeff Swaim. Nobody that's striking fear into your heart uh, if you're Leslie Frazier or anybody in the secondary. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And, you know, Tannehill, to his credit, he's had success against the Bills uh, in the last few matchups. He's a very solid game manager when things are going right on offense. Yeah, I just think that this is a defense where we saw last week, Matt, with the defensive line, what the defensive ends can do in terms of getting that pressure, uh, forcing the team to get the ball out a little bit quicker than they might like. If the Bills can keep winning up front, especially off the edges with their own guys, it's going to allow the guy, the linebackers, the secondary to kind of make um, make plays on for this defense that I think are going to be there over the course of those four quarters on Monday night. You know, we were talking to Daquan Jones, yes, or two days ago in the locker room. And obviously he's one of the big storylines going, you know, one of the the three uh, former Titans players now that are, are getting a chance to play their former team, David Questenberry, of course, Roger Saffold, uh, who's, who's in the mix as well now uh, for the bills as their starting left guard. And, Daquan Jones would know probably better than anybody what it's like to go up against Derrick Henry. He's faced him in practice the last couple of years, but he said there's a bit of a difference between facing him in practice versus what you're going to probably see in a game. But he said the thing that stands out about him is how hard it is to wrap up Henry because when he gets going downhill, the size and the physical nature that he kind of presents. I mean, Von Miller said it best the other day. It's like he's the same size as Von Miller. I mean, guy that's mm-hmm. like a, you know, a standout defensive end in this league. He's just he's just a different type of animal when it comes to getting him to the ground and, and finishing a play. And I thought, you know, Tate Crowder uh, for the Giants last week, uh, unheralded linebacker. There was a couple plays that kind of went viral on social media where he didn't even bother trying to wrap him up. He just kind of got in the lane, met him head on, he- head on and just laid the boom in it. You look at the Bills back seven, who's got to step up into that role? For me, it's Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's got to be in this game solely focused on Derrick Henry. And apparently, I wasn't at his scrum, but when Der- when Tremaine Edmonds w- was asked about Derrick Henry and what Von Miller said about him, he was like, well, he's about my size. So uh, he didn't show any fear about having to tackle Derrick Henry. Well, he's got to play like that. He's got to get downhill. He's got to be physical. He's got to be willing to lay the boom. And if he's able to do that, I think that could help set the physical tone in this game. And I don't know if that's necessarily ever what the Bills look to Tremaine Edmonds to do, but because of his size, his speed, the ability to hit, he can do that for them, I think. Yeah, when it comes to Tay Crowder, that hit specifically Bills fans, if you haven't seen it yet, look on social media. He kind of comes up from the side and and lowers his shoulder, and uh, Henry goes flying. He almost kind of, in slow motion, almost looks like Henry's looking at, like, who just hit me uh, because he left his feet, and he went flying on that play. So uh, maybe that is the attack or the approach, and when you have a guy like Edmonds who, in his own right, is unique in his size and his strength and his speed, that might be the way to attack this. Uh, obviously, the, if the Bills can kind of stop him with that first line of defense, slow him down, get some hands on him, it'll allow the linebackers to come up. It might allow the secondary, depending on what they're doing, what looks they're giving to make those plays too. But slowing down Derrick Henry is the game plan. And, and before last year's game, and I did see in the comments, yes, there was an uncalled hold. I believe Poyer was the one that was held mm-hmm. uh, on the long touchdown run last year. Uh, they went for 70-plus yards, but th- they've had success in terms of the overall yards per carry. Yes, he's found the end zone a few times. Uh, I think that the Bills are going to go into this 
with a really solid game plan. I like, like I told you earlier, what the defensive line did. I like what I saw from Milano and Edmonds last week. So now it's all about execution. They executed last week with their game plan against the Rams. Can they execute, execute, I should say, against a much different Titans team in terms of what their strengths are and what they're expecting to see? What you can expect to see if you step uh, foot in Topps uh, Markets this week is a fully stocked and loaded uh, supermarket ready to provide you with uh, the best and brightest uh, for your tailgating needs and your spreads. It's perfect for game day or any day. Visit Topps Carryout Cafe. They got hot to go, fresh large cheese and pepperoni pizzas for $14, jumbo chicken wings, 10 count for $14, the legendary breakfast pizza. Listen, order yourself a breakfast pizza for the game. You know, do it in the morning. Heat it up when, it, when it's game time. That's fine. It works. 20 bucks. Pizza and, and taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound, plus subs, sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites for Monday night. Ryan Talbot, there is one guy that is going to be missing in this game. I should say two guys, actually, that are going to be missing in this game that were that played last year. For the Bills, it's Tredavious White, who's going to be out for the first four games of the of the week or of the season. I went back and, and looked at, the, at last year's game and, you know, having Tredavious White, especially with all the things going on at the cornerback position with the with the Bills um, currently, you know, Dane Jackson's injury earlier in the week, you know, uh, rotating rookies at the other spot. We can get into that in a second. But for the Titans, I think one of the big reasons they were so effective and were able to stay in the game with the Bills last year was their pass rush. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. Harold Landry, though, was a guy that I think had a couple sacks in that game, really dialed up the pressures. He is not going to be available. He's out for the season. And I think that really hurts the Tennessee Titans as they try to contain this this, um, this offense for the Bills. I think to have success against Josh Allen, you have to be able to – not only contain him, but hit him in the pocket. And I just don't know with the Bills able to kind of centralize their game plan on Jeffrey Simmons if they'll have success in that department. Yeah, look at the games last year where the Bills struggled. There was the Pittsburgh game. There was uh, aspects of the Tennessee game. The offense moved the ball well. They scored a lot of points in that. But there were still times where the Titans were able to get a hold of Josh Allen and put some hits on him. Uh, Jacksonville game. Those were teams that had multiple players that could come at you at once and hurt you. And without Landry in this lineup, you're right. The focus goes to Jeffrey Simmons. And it could be a very similar game plan to what the Bills ran out last week, slowing down Aaron Donald. It's uh, not going to happen every snap of the game, but they had a a pretty good plan in place where uh, we weren't talking about Donald much after the final whistle of the matchup. He had his he had a few plays, especially in the first half where you saw him blow by Ryan Bates and he got there in the face of Josh Allen, but he was not a difference maker in that game. And I think the bills are going to go in and say, okay, what can we do to slow down Jeffrey Simmons? What can we do in terms of running right at him? What can we do keeping someone back in the backfield to put an additional chip or block on him if necessary? The bills are going to go in and zero in on Simmons specifically for this matchup, Matt. Yeah, so Landry had two sacks last year. Simmons had the other one. Between them, they had six quarterback pressures combined. Uh, Danico Autry also, uh, he was somebody that played really well for the Titans last year. He'll be something somebody that the Bills have to game plan for as well. But a lot of it's going to be on the interior. I don't know, you know, Bud Dupree, I think he's a couple years off of that injury now. Uh, he's, he, he, he seemed to play pretty well last year, but I was underwhelmed with the Titans ability to get pressure, even on Daniel Jones last week. And, you know, this is a giants new look offensive line, right? Bobby Johnson's there. 
You know, they brought a couple, uh, you know, uh, John Feliciano starting at center. Brian Dable, obviously, you know, uh, heading things up there. They like their offensive line more than probably last year's version of it. But it's still not an offensive line that I don't think you should be able to generate some type of pressure, especially against a quarterback like Daniel Jones. So that's going to be definitely something interesting to watch. Let's flip side to the other uh, other side of the ball real quick. I want to talk about the Bills cornerback situation going into this game, but a really big um, storyline to watch. I went back and watched the game, and then I went and looked at some of the more advanced stats. And Nate Davis, uh, guard for the Tennessee Titans, he was one of the Titans' best players last, last week. Pro Football Focus, he was the number two highest-graded player for their entire roster behind Jeffrey Simmons. He didn't practice yesterday. A knee injury has popped up on the practice report. So we're going to have to keep track of that today. Uh, if he was able to practice, if he didn't and his status is in doubt, that is a big time um, development for a, a Bills team that is going to probably be down at Oliver. You know, who are they going to put in there? And maybe that could kind of tip the scales back towards the Bills in terms of what they're able to do uh, up front against that offensive line for the Titans, who I thought was, you know, just OK. Uh, last week. And I don't think Taylor Lewan, who I think going into the year, we'd probably say was their best offensive lineman looked particularly good. And that's going to be a little bit of a juicy matchup. Now that Jordan Phillips yeah. and maybe Shaq Lawson back in the mix. Yeah. One, you know, obviously Phillips is going to play in this matchup. And if Lawson's active too, uh, there's some bad blood there. I, I would not be shocked at all to see some trash talking before, during and after the game between uh, that trio of players. But it, it, you're right. The Titans offensive line, it, I don't want to say it's ripe for the picking there, but they've lost some players losing someone like uh, to Saffold's ability to Questenberry's ability and trying to replace them and have uh, your best offensive lineman suffer a knee injury in practice. There's going to be opportunities for the Bills to win up front. And even if you don't have Ed Oliver, we saw some defensive tackles step up. Jordan Phillips was a factor in that game in terms of getting after the quarterback. We know what the ends all did. We talked about Von Miller, two sacks. You had Boogie Bash and make a play uh, sack and an interception. Rousseau, Epineza with a sack and a half. So uh, this entire defensive line, I think, could be in for a really good game, much like last week, Matt. But on the interior, look for Phillips specifically to maybe make a difference for this team. Uh, and Daquan Jones, someone that you said already, he's practiced against this Titans team many times. I'm sure there's things that he notices and that he knows about the offensive lineman that he shared with, with the players uh, that he plays alongside with. We got a practice report out of Tennessee. Thank you. Uh, in the comments section, uh, Jim Wyatt uh, reported that Dontrell Hilliard, Christian Fulton, and Jamarco Jones uh, not practicing today. Nate Davis did return. So uh, dealing with a knee injury, but he looks like he's trending in the right direction. Kyle Phillips also practiced today, the wide receiver. He was in a yellow uh, jersey. So something to track. And listen, no matter what the health situation is for Tennessee, one of the things that I keep coming back to in this matchup is these are two different teams in two different places. This is a Tennessee Titans team, Ryan, who I think from a mentality perspective and what they built and going in as the number one seed and getting absolutely smacked in that in that in that opening round game last year. Like to me, they're kind of like a descending team where I still think the Bills and what they've built, they're still kind of on the ascent. And with the way that now not only can they pressure the quarterback, but they can they can land at the quarterback, as we saw last week, seven sacks against the Rams. I just think these are two teams that are in different places. I think Orchard Park is going to be absolutely unhinged on Monday from the time the kids get let out of school early till the time kickoff happens at 715. This is going to be an absolutely 
electric atmosphere. And I just don't know if Tennessee has enough horses, has enough star power to come into Buffalo and 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 keep it close even, Ryan Tell. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I see that, like I said earlier, Bill's winning this one comfortably. Uh, when, when it comes to the two teams, I did some radio spots before the season started, and I, you would have people ask, you know, for a, an AFC take. And I said, I think that the number one seed in the AFC from last year, the Tennessee Titans, realistically could and will miss the playoffs in 2022, 2023. Uh, I just don't see it for that roster, for that team. There's a lot of talent lost when you lose a guy like A.J. Brown, when you lose some key offensive linemen. Uh, I think that their division's a little bit tougher now. I'm not sitting here saying, after, especially after watching week one, uh, that one team's going to pull away necessarily in that division, but the Colts are a little bit better. I, I feel like the Texans got a lot better. Uh, so it's not just going to be a runaway division for the Titans again this year. They're going to face some tough matchups on their own. They're going to have some tough matchups like this one in Buffalo. Uh, I just think that, like you said, they're a descending team. They're a team that might just uh, be on the outside looking in at the end of the season when it comes to the playoffs. So with the Christian Fulton uh, injury, uh, let's take a quick look at the the Titans secondary. Obviously, Kevin Beard back there uh, at safety is a guy that year in and year out, uh, somebody that you have to game plan for. But outside of him, I mean, they're going to be relying on, you know, second year player Caleb Farley, uh, obviously somebody we were pretty high on uh, last year during the draft process. And then rookie Roger McCreary. And mm-hmm. this could be a situation here, Ryan, where the, the Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, it doesn't matter where you where you go in the passing game. The Bills wide receivers have really, really good matchups in this game. Who do you think, if you from a Titans perspective, your game planning against this Bills offense has you most concerned? You know, sitting here on Saturday. If you're the Titans, I think it's stopping Stefan Diggs. You already saw a little bit of what the Bills could do when you had Jalen Ramsey across from him in Week One. Uh, that's the elite of the elite. And listen, Roger McCreary was a, a player that was mocked to the Bills a lot in mock drafts. I think he could end up being a solid cornerback in this league, but uh, that's a tough matchup for him if he's going against Diggs or Davis, depending on how that shakes out. You mentioned Farley. We were both very high on him. He was coming off of a serious injury. I thought that uh, he flashed times when he played last year. Uh, But even still, that's going to be a tough matchup for him if he draws one of those key assignments. So obviously Diggs, eight catches, 122 yards and a touchdown, I think is what they're worried about most. But at the same time, okay, even if we give help to to the side where Diggs is playing, they could put Diggs in the slot first and foremost, and they can use him in that way. But two, then how do we stop Gabe Davis? Because you saw Gabe Davis uh, average over 20 yards per catch. You know all the hype about him coming into this season, and he was great in training camp. He was great last year in the playoffs. He scores the first touchdown of the 2022 NFL season. The Bills are are very dangerous on the outside. And then, oh, by the way, there's Jamison Crowder. There's Isaiah McKenzie. There's Dawson Knox, who was used more as a blocker in week one. They can go in here, and they're probably most worried about Stefan Diggs, but they're also probably sitting there saying, do we have enough players to stop these guys on offense? And really, the answer is no, because to, util- to stop a good offense like this, Matt, you need the pass rush. And we already talked about the fact that they're down uh, Landry in this game. And he was someone that was a difference maker for this team in terms of getting after Josh Allen. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. I'm looking at last year's uh, target share here, Ryan, some, some interesting numbers. I mean, obviously Diggs had a solid game nine for 89 in the touchdowns so of the yards per catch 
we're, we're a little bit lower. Um, you know, teams at that point were really trying to take the deep part of the field away. And so Cole Beasley in last year's game had nine targets, seven catches and 88 yards and a touchdown. It, and it's got me thinking, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie could be a guy to watch. Jamison Crowder potentially even this week could be a guy to watch depending on how the, the Titans choose to play the Bills. And that's the thing that it's interesting. I, I'm not sure if they play man or zone. I see the, uh, the, the question in, in the comments here. But I think a lot of times what we're going to see this year is teams that maybe traditionally do things, try to change things up and do a little bit, you know, different. So if, if they do historically play man, maybe trying to throw some more zone looks at the bills to try to take away some of those really dangerous explosive plays. And if that's what they do, I mean, they, they can really lean into maybe Jamison Crowder in this game and, and his ability to find soft spots in the zone, get open, make plays, move the change, keep the ball rolling. From a running perspective, Ryan, is this is this a Zach Moss game? Because, I mean, like, I don't we, – we talked a little bit about it, I think, earlier this week about the potential of maybe James Cook being inactive. I think that there's a much – I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. I think he's going to get a jersey on game day. I think they're going to want to use him, you know, maybe wash the bad taste of that fumble out of his mouth. But could this be more of a, a, a Zach Moss type of run in between the tackles and give him, you know, maybe give Devin Singletary a series and Zach Moss a series and see if maybe that physicality can be something that puts pressure on that Tennessee Titans front. I mean, last week, I mean, Sa- Saquon Barkley ran all over this, the Titans. And I think this could be a kind of game where, you know, you want to see what this new look offensive line lo- looks like with Roger Saffold, maybe trying to apply some pressure in the run game. Yeah, I think that you might see Moss get his fair share of opportunities. But if anything, I'm leaning on Singletary. I know that he's not the most physical back that the Bills have, but he is the one that uh, hits the hole at the right time, that follows his blockers. That There's a reason why he was averaging six yards per carry last week. I think the Bills uh, have a good feel of everything that he does well for this team. So I, I would like to see him get double-digit carries first and foremost. Uh, Moss, though, if you're in a second and three and you want to run the ball, if you're in a third and short, yeah, get him out there. Let him be that physical guy that he was supposed to be when they drafted him. Uh, not so much, you know, you, you saw flash of it as a rookie. You saw a serious injury, though, hamper his play uh, last year. So find out for sure if he can do this or not. Is this a role that he can take on against a Titans defense? And, and then when it comes to Cook, I'm in your camp. I think that he gets a jersey. I think that they want to give him an opportunity to make a big play. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Titans attack the Bills. If they are being overly aggressive, I would love to see Cook out there where maybe you can hit him on a screen pass and he can be out in open space. We know how good he is as a pass catcher. And then I think he could really do some damage there. But at the same time, I want to see him get a few carries as well. Like you said, watch the taste of that fumble out of his mouth uh, and, and kind of build upon like have some positives, I suppose, to, to build off of going forward. Josh Allen led the Bills with nine carries for 26 yards last season in this game against the Titans. Uh, Moss was next with eight, five for Singletary, one for Isaiah McKenzie. So the the share of it is going to be very interesting to watch. And coming off a game where Josh Allen took a lot of a lot of hits, you wonder if because of maybe their lack of pass rush, if he can rely on his arm a little bit more than as a runner. That's going to be really interesting to watch. You know, Dane Jackson, I want to hit this before we get to our predictions. Talking to him in the locker room today, uh, just an observation. It's just like he's he's quickly like evolved into like this de facto veteran presence, you know, in the quarterback room, cornerback room, right? Like Tredavious White still rehabbing that injury, not a part of the day-to-day as much right now. And, you know, I, 
I asked him about like, you know, being that veteran presence for Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford. And it's like, I, he tells them all the time. He said, like, come to me with any questions. I've gone through this. I've been up. I've been down. You know, I've, I've made plays. I've had tough moments. I, I got an opportunity that I had to sit back while, you know, and watch well, you know, Levi Wallace went in and, and was named the starter after, you know, we, we remember the summer last year. So, you know, I think getting him back and potentially being available for, for Monday night is, is really important because it, had he not been able to play Ryan, I think it was going to be interesting to see what the bills were going to do because, Number one, I think you think just naturally like, all right, Elam and Benford, they're splitting. Just have them start, right? I can see the Bills going in directions and maybe playing Saran Neal in that Dane Jackson role and continuing to rotate the rookies if that's something they want to do long term. They're not going to have to make that decision. Um, but interestingly enough, and you know, Dane Jackson early on in the season, he's become a really important piece for this Bills defense. Gets even more interesting what happens when Trey White gets back, Ryan? Mm. Because now all of a sudden, Dane Jackson's been thrust into this role as CB1. Can he maybe in a month from now go from CB1 to CB none? I think it's worth talking about. I, I think that's a great topic of conversation, and it's something the Bills are going to have to evaluate after these four weeks. If Dane Jackson is the clear-cut top cornerback on this team, I think you have to sit both rookies and say, listen, we, we're going to get you reps, we're going to get you opportunities, uh, but we're going with our best chance to win a championship this year. And, and Jackson, to his credit, former seventh-round pick, he's really picked up this defense. He looks comfortable out there. He looked comfortable last year when White went down. If after four weeks, though, the combination of Benford and Elam or one of them uh, really stands out among among the crowd, you go with that person. You have to go with your best players. I, I get the whole developing your prospects, developing your players, but the Bills are in a unique spot where this is a win-it-all type season and, and win-it-all costs. So you don't put draft stock in, in front of another player. You go with your best players week in, week out, even if it's a former seventh round pick and you have a sixth rounder from this year's draft class, that's impressed and a first round pick from this year's draft class. That's supposed to come in and play a lot of reps. The bills. I I'm very confident that Brandon Bean and company and Sean McDermott, they're going to go with who they feel is going to get them the best odds of carrying or winning the Lombardi trophy at the end of the year. And I think there's a really good chance that it, it, it ends up being like a rotation on both sides. Like, you know, you're bringing Trey White off this injury. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to go 100% of the snaps from day one. So maybe you can kind of get away with just working him in slowly and, and kind of punting that down the down the road a couple of weeks before you have to ultimately make that decision. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to play the best two players on a weekly basis. Um, you know, once Trey gets back to you know, 100%, obviously he'll be CB1 again. He's, he's getting paid a lot of money to be in that role. Uh, but I think, it, you know, it, it's going to create the kind of competition that I think probably gets them excited coming off of a season with the way that things ended last year in Kansas city and where they may have faltered the, the competition level in that cornerback room. you got to be excited about that. If you're, if you're, if you're Sean McDermott and Brandon B. Yeah. You, you have to be thrilled because it's really important to have those players that you feel confident in. If someone goes down the next man up mentality. And I think the bills feel really good about when Trey white comes back in the picture, their top four, maybe even their top five cornerbacks, not including Taron Johnson, obviously who is a premier nickel cornerback in, in this league, but just the outside cornerbacks. I think there's at least five guys. We've talked about how much they like Cam Lewis too, man. And so there's other options as well on this roster, on this team that the bills can kind of uh, mix and match with. And, 
And that speaks volumes to the level of talent on this team, the level of depth on this team. And it could come in real. It could be a really important key factor for this team down the stretch in the playoffs if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, because the more talent, the more depth you have, the more likely it is that you're going to be that last team standing. Value is uh, your hometown team, and you can uh, stock up right now still. Uh, last minute, summer outdoor essentials, uh, shop outdoor furniture, fire pits, tables, grills, garden tools, and outdoor decor. Go ahead over to valuehomecenters.com. Uh, check out their current ad. And we, before we get to our predictions, Ryan, Tab, we have to do the value key to the game. All right. So we get to each pick one key to the game for Bill's Mafia here for their team to secure win number two. Start us off. All right. Key to the game. Pressure from the defensive line. Ryan Tannehill's a little bit more mobile uh, than Matthew Stafford, so it's one thing to pressure, but you also have to keep him in the the pocket, record those sacks. It's just like last week. If you can win up front, I have all the confidence in the world in this linebacking group and in the secondary. Uh, And, you know, I don't want to go on too much in the offense because that might be part of your key, but I know this offense is going to be able to score points against the Titans. So for me, up front, win the battle in the trenches, and you're going to win this game. My key to the game is for the Bills to be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively with their backs. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that the Bills can't win if they don't run the ball. Like, I just think that their their passing game is just too um, explosive. And I think this is a game tailor-made for Josh Allen with the question marks about the pass rush. Not a lot of, you know, high-end talent at the cornerback position for the Titans. But I just think this is one of those games where you went out, you brought in Aaron Cromer, you, you signed a couple guys that, you know, are supposed to be, you know, tough guys. I mean, Roger Saffold, you know, Spencer Brown even is a guy that when he was at his best last season, it was as a run blocker. When you can get him out in space, have him really, you know, make tough plays in the run game. Listen, I think there's several ways, that several paths for the Bills to win this game. But I think being able to run the ball, being able to keep Josh Allen clean, healthy, not have to use him as a runner as much, or maybe if you're able to run the ball effectively with Moss and Singletary and maybe James Cook, maybe that takes some of the onus off of Allen from, from in his own mind from, from how he has to approach the game as a runner. So I, I, I'm just going to throw that out there. I think the, I, I think the, this is the kind of game where the Bills want to be able to run it a little bit, whether it be with Singletary, Moss, or Cook, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I think that's a good talking point as well. Uh, we saw them – have a lot of success uh, on some of those outside runs where the pitch plays to Singletary, uh, where you could get guys out and open in space and blocking downfield. I'm interested to see how, what kind of uh, run game they utilize against the Titans. Liked what I saw from Ken Dorsey in terms of the, um, the Shanahan type run offense that he used against the Rams. And does that continue against the Titans? All right, Ryan Talbot is your win streak going to continue. Uh, I don't know how long it goes back to last season or if you just started a new one uh, this past week, uh, but prediction time. Who do you got winning uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday night? Yeah, I have the Bills, and, and I have them winning by 21 points once again, much Ooh. like they did last week. 38-17 Bills. Uh, I just think there's too much firepower on this offense. I think this defense, despite where the Bills ranked last season, I, I, I always thought it was a, a little bit of a, um, not an asterisk next to it, but 
there were quarterbacks that they played, young quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, or games where they really stood out. I think this roster, this defensive roster, is significantly better, especially up front. And they're going to be able to pull out and away from some of these teams in games, much like a Tennessee Titans roster that you and I both agree is on the downside. I am going with the Bills in a big W on Monday Night Football. I just think there is way too many things, like you mentioned, working against the Titans in this game. Uh, I have the Bills winning 41 to 17 in a, in a, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be something where the Bills pour it on early and, you know, some of that, some of that uh, scoring from the Titans maybe comes later in the game. But I just think that from the way their offense was clicking from the jump, I think that that's going to be able to continue. And I don't know if that the Titans have enough firepower on their defensive line. I know Jeffrey Simmons is an, is a beast and, and maybe he's going to make me eat my words here, but I just think that, you know, they're going to be able to keep the Titans off balance. I think that they're unpredictable as an offense. And I think that the predictable nature of the Titans offense right now, unless somebody can really have a big game in their passing game, it just, it it just leads to too many ways for the bills to win this game. So I'm going bills, 41 Titans, 17. Yeah. Love it. And, and, uh, I see Vrabel might have to activate himself to play. You know, Vrabel has been that guy that's been trying to do the trick plays on the kickoffs, the, the old uh, uh, throwback. So I'm sure he'll have a, a trick or two up his sleeve in this game, but I just don't think it's going to be enough for the Titans to uh, stay in it. You know what you don't want to stay in, Ryan Talbot? A shark tank. But as mm. seen on Shark Tank, Tailgate and Go Kitchen from Tops Markets is a portable outdoor kitchen and dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. Set it up in the backyard, backwoods, or stadium parking lot in seconds. Comes with built-in cutting boards, paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartments, storage net and lid, and knife magnet. I mean, it is the ultimate tailgating essential. Go check it out. I mean, you can go read about it on the online. You can go into, you know, check out the, uh, the the carryout cafe and get yourself set up for game day. I mean, there is the excitement level in this city right now for Monday night, Ryan Tal, but I, I don't think we can quite put it into words. I think this is a, a big time game feel. I saw ESPN in the building down at Orchard Park today doing their production meetings. Uh, Orlovsky was in there, Lewis Riddick and uh, Steve Levy. So big time game uh, for a couple of big time teams. Yeah, looking forward to Monday night. Again, Bills fans, don't forget, not a traditional start time, 7.15. Keep it locked in and uh, enjoy the game. Hit that like button, subscribe before you go. We will be back with you on Monday night, late after the Bills game. See you then. Take care, everybody. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.